feed my spirit. Listening to Wait You Were Mormon with Devin Brown. I'm your host, Devin Brown. And for episode four, I've got the lovely Zach and Gregory of Salt Lake City. We're going to talk a little bit about philosophy and his views on what it means to be Mormon. And of course, we're going to talk about the joys of finally making your own decisions. Um, so thank you guys for choosing to listen to this podcast. And if you feel so inclined, please find us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe leave a review because it really helps all right enjoy all right well then let's just kind of jump into it i know you've got some things some thoughts so um just to start like who are you and what brings you on the podcast yeah so i'm zachary gregory i um was born and raised in Salt Lake City, Utah. Well, the south of Salt Lake City, Utah, the suburb life mm-hmm. for sure. Um, got a um, real Mormon upbringing. Um, I mean, it was unique in a lot of different ways, but a typical Mormon upbringing, I would say. Um, but, but yeah, uh, I've since left. I guess that's why I'm here, right? And I'm interested about talking about it, but um, yeah. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Um, and then, I mean, you said you came from a pretty, tra- fairly traditional um, background. So, did you go through all of the hoops and all of the milestones? Did you serve a mission? Yeah. So, went through all like everything. Um, you know, was like quorum presidents and first counselors mm-hmm. like throughout my teen life. Um, I grew up in like a super kind of an older ward actually mm-hmm. and there was only me and one other kid with me growing up through all of my like deacon deacons quorum and then priest quorum um which was i think unique in a way because i hear like most people that grew up here they had like 40 like mm-hmm. <laughs> 40 like other people that they were in deacons quorum with um seems kind of weird to me um but but yeah, um, it was a uh, it was a big part of my life, obviously, like it is with most people that are raised in the church. Um, but yeah, uh... yeah, absolutely. Now, I never got to like really experience like uh, a traditional Utah ward when I was out there. I'm only yeah. there for four years, just for school. Um, so when I was active. I'd only ever gone to like student wards just in like the university classrooms and things like that. Um, but I used to live in the avenues and I used to live in um, around Capitol Hill, Capitol Hill, Hill neighborhood. And some of those old buildings just look, I always wanted to go in them. Just like, should I just put on the white shirt and tie and just kind of just check it out just to get a feel of it? Um, but I, I never went through with it. Um, were you were you Mormon then, or had you kind of exited at that point? I moved to Utah like very quickly after coming home from my mission. So I'm from Florida um, mm-hmm. originally. Um, so I went out there to make the the pilgrimage and get a taste for it all. <laughs> and within like two years, like, it it broke me. 
I was like, hey. yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, this yeah. is not, there was a real disconnect for me from like my expectations of what Utah would be like. Um, and then what, that it, what it actually was like and what I experienced. And that's what really just kind of got the ball rolling as far as me thinking about my place in the church and just like what I really want to get out of life in general. Um, and so then I found like the CES letter after, you know, doing a lot of studying and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, uh, made the switch and then even got my, my records removed back in, in 2015 with that November policy and the movement with that. Okay. Cool. But, um, I would still find myself like missing some kind of like meditation time and things like that, or just wanting to be in like a quiet space. And mm-hmm. even today, you know, if I walk by like a Catholic church or like a beautiful building, I do kind of miss um, <laughs> some of that kind of the, kind of like, the, some of the ritual of it, I guess. Is there is I'm... something about like a dedicated space to yeah. quiet or spiritual practice for sure. Mm. Um, definitely. Yeah. Now, before we kind of jump into mission stuff, because that is a big component of this podcast, just like getting uh-huh. a feel of people's mission experiences and and things like that. Um, you had sent me a couple interesting points that I, that I would really love to to get into. Um, sure. But yeah. before we go into that, um, what were your like initial shelf items and what kind of led you out of the church? Huh. Um, so like shelf items. Um, I mean, I think that like all growing up, I did have some like different concerns than a lot of people in the church. Um, I felt like one, I was like very, I've always been very conscious of, I'd say, uh, humans interactions with our ecosystem and the environment. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always, you know, watching, Utah's winters get shorter and shorter and shorter have always just like Mm. been it's been on my mind and like the actions that I could take to mitigate that have always kind of like motivated my my personal choices like that's how I got into biking is like I was like I don't want to like be burning fossil fuels every day of my life so yeah so I started biking a lot um stopped eating meat for a while um and it seemed like no one else really cared a lot about Mm -hmm. it within like my community which was the church community um and a lot of the things that i mean and like that's a shelf item i would say but it didn't really it was a driving thing to be like hey like this is something you care about but this is not something that a lot of people in the church care about or are talking about Mm -hmm. um yeah so that kind of like was a divisive thing um but like chronologically I think it makes sense to sort of like talk about um, my mission first. And then I think there's bigger shelf items that kind of like snowball out of like my experience uh, leaving the church. But yeah, (laughs) yeah, I think that um, like I I grew up in in the church. Uh, I lived with my grandparents who are both very faithful members, um, awesome people and my mom as well. Um, who's still active, um, I would say, um, and went on a mission because it was expected of me. And honestly, I had like an awesome time on my mission, like absolutely no negative expectations or experiences, I should say. Um, and 
I only had one companion, one and a half companion, mm-hmm. um, before I went home. Uh, and my first companion, we were like best friends. I don't know how I got so lucky, but we were just like hit it off. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my friends now actually came from, I actually went to Florida, I went okay. to Orlando, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I get a lot of the uh, book of Mormon jokes with the Orlando song and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but so honestly, um, when I decided to come home from my mission, it was kind of because there was like things in my past that I felt super guilty about, um, that I hadn't like divulged in like the Bishop interview. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and something that like, uh, really drove me away from the church was the feeling of just like guilt during that time. And it was lucky that I had some, like, like I said, like a really, um, like a close friend as a companion because he was super supportive, just like, Hey, like be honest, be open. And I think that kind of like snowballed into like me first being honest with my mission president and then like me getting home and being like, I want to be completely honest with myself with what I know, what I don't. Mm -hmm. And like be completely honest with things about the things like, I want to know, like, honestly, what I think about death. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to cover it up with this, like, story that, like, I'm going to be, like, resurrected or my spirit's going to live for a time and then I'll be resurrected. I wanted to sort of, like, be honest with myself with, like, what I actually knew about death. And that was, like, I don't know, it's kind of earth shattering when I'm like, what do I actually know? Mm-hmm. Well, I know that my body stops working. Like, <laughs> that's really, and there's like going to be no me anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, that's what I know about death. Like, I I have this like stamped out like answer of what happens to you when I die. But like, what do I, like my personal knowledge was like, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's real. I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So I think the mission, just like coming, coming clean to my mission president, kind of like set a tone that I was like, no longer gonna like hide from anything that made me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I was just too uncomfortable to be completely honest with my bishop before I left. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people probably experience that. Yeah. I don't know. But (laughs) yeah, it's just like, I don't want to tell this person, you know, that I masturbate. Like that's gonna like, (laughs) (laughs) that's gonna totally like divulge that i'm a human to him you know and, um, and when you have to look at his face at the stand yeah, that's all you yeah. gotta think about like, oh, <laughs> exactly right yeah. yeah um but yeah i just talked for a long time sorry so if i ever start trailing off you should just stop me or <laughs> no I'm, I'm very intrigued um you know because that's really like i think a lot of people are you know tuning in to hear you know, people's real stories and how they can find similarities. And there's definitely someone out there, you know, that has kind of gone through a similar trajectory. Um, so don't feel bad at all for talking. That's what it's all yeah. about. <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah, um, if I can go a little bit more into it, um, I mean, I think that a lot of the the things that I sort of just like, accepted as given um the plan of salvation uh other you know doctrines or truths taught by the church things that i just kind of accepted had sort of 
like implicit like effects of how on how I like live my life and how I saw myself, how I centered myself. Um, so one of the things that I was thinking about was, um, so I came home from my mission and everyone was super nice. Like no one was, no one was really um, judgmental. Everyone was just like, "Hey, it's good to see you." Um, like very diplomatic <laughs> in how they uh, how they approached it, and I I really appreciate that because at the time I felt you know, pretty awful, um, pretty like a failure in a lot of ways. Um, and I came home because I had like, you know, committed law or broken the law of chastity. Is that how I say (laughs) that? Yeah. Yeah. So basically we did, um, me and this girl that I was dating at the time, we pretty much did everything that we could without having sex. Right. Uh Um, because that's what you do when you're a Mormon in salt lake (laughs) but um but i think that one of these like implicit attitudes that i had that was kind of like taught to me through the church was like okay now that you like sacrificed your mission for this like relationship like this person is now it has to be your wife Mm -hmm. right like you two are in this like together and like you need to be like you need to work it out or whatever um and I feel like that was super unhealthy for me. Um, and I felt like, and, and she ended up like breaking it up, breaking off our relationship. And I was like, how could this happen? Like God, mm-hmm. like, like, like God, like wants me to be with you, obviously, because like I came home from a mission for you. And like, that is such bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was so wrong in like thinking about our relationship that way. I guess. And like, I think I've been thinking about that a lot of how, like, I mean, obviously I can't like write off all of my, cause I was, I was self-absorbed and I was like obsessed, like, um, not obsessive, but, um, like I took ownership of her, of her mm-hmm. life basically, you know? And, um, and I, and I can't like write it all off on the church, but I, I also think that it had a big had a big influence of me being like, okay, we have to stick together. Mm -hmm. Um, like no matter what. And when she ended things like that, like crushed, like a lot of my, like, it kind of like brought down the world, I think. And especially being like 19. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I had so much growing up to do. Um, but I, I'm really thankful that I didn't like a lot of people come home because they've done something with, with the person they're in a relationship with and they get married. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm not saying that none of those relationships work, but it's got to take a lot of work to, to make them work. Um, I think, um, but yeah, so that's like something in the church that I feel like at the time I didn't realize that like, like her life is totally hers and she has every right to end things at that moment. I was like, no, like this is against like God's like plan for me. Like this is against God's like, yeah. Like why would he like have this, have me like sent home from my mission where I was having like a super good time. I didn't want to go home. Like mm-hmm. I basically rode around on a bike all day and just yeah. talked to strangers. <laughs> like It was pretty easy. Um, And like now, like you're like doing this, which is terrible for me. And it's like also not what God wants for you. And I feel like that's, I don't know. Yeah. Looking back, I'm just kind of like kind of angry about 
feeling that way. I'm definitely ashamed of how I felt, but I'm also glad that I've grown out of that. And I'm no longer seeing, I'm no longer just taking like truths as like, as given. I'll also look at like how it will affect my centering. Like if anything's like taught to me, if there's anybody that gives me like a perspective on life, I always like to analyze it and think how it's going to affect my actions or how I'm, Mm -hmm. how it's going to affect my view of relationships, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry. That was, that was a lot. (laughs) Um, I just, I found myself um, thinking that your choice of um, angry, interesting. Um, So why, why do you feel angry about those choices that you made? as opposed to kind of like grateful that they kind of gave you that new perspective that you have now. Oh no, I meant like, sorry. I meant that I was angry then. Okay. Like choices that like at the breakup, like I was, I was so yeah. Self-absorbed, I guess. Okay. And like, like this whole life that I had, like I thought was like all planned out. Yeah. I was angry at that, Mm -hmm. like seeming to fall apart, but yeah, but now I'm definitely grateful that okay. it, it did fall apart. I'm definitely grateful that I, yeah, that she was wise enough to be like, no, like, I want to do mm-hmm. <laughs> my own thing. Like, yeah. yeah, that's definitely a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know definitely because um, my experience was outside of Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that when you came home early, you know, you weren't treated like a pariah uh, mm-hmm. because I know while I was out, there was um, like a friend of mine in my ward that did come home for similar reasons. And even his own you know, parents were very cold to him. Everyone in the ward was just very mm-hmm. cold to him for that. Um, but I think it is important um, to realize like, you know, yes, culturally the church has a lot of similarities wherever it's dispersed through, but you know, there are, you know, it's not all good. It's not all bad. You know, a lot of times when we're transitioning out and, you know, we are angry. I know I was very angry, you know, because I was like, I thought I had the highest truth and then people were using it, you know, for self gain and greed and all of these things and just being, feeling lied to, you know, you're very angry, but there's still a lot of good that the church can do. And there are a lot of good people within the church, you know, that are very Definitely. beneficial to people, you know? So I do like hearing more positive stories. And even that you had a good experience on your mission, um, because I am just personally kind of interested in like the crazy stories and things you know, that <laughs> happen to people just because of my own experiences. Um, but I definitely did learn a lot on my mission as well. And I did have some good experiences. Um, but just kind of doubling back, how long were you out before you came back? Uh, so I was out, I think, like around four months. I can't remember if it was a little over. Um, yeah, because I had, I definitely had two um, transfers, which are what, six, six, six weeks? weeks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I had two transfers with the companion that I really liked. Another one with one that I was like fine with. He was like, he was just a dude. <laughs> I don't know. Um yeah, so I don't know how long that is. About? Um, so you said you were two transfers. Yep, That's and then about another one with 
another dude. So, yeah, so, yeah. yeah it's a few months for yeah. sure. Um, yeah. Were like was was there a lot of apostasy in your mission? If you're familiar with that term. Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with that term. Um, not really. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, but like, uh, I mean, I certainly heard stories about it, but yeah. I kind of think that's like that's pretty mission i feel like that's every mission there's mm-hmm. always stories of like the missionaries who like dyed their garments black or whatever yeah. like mm-hmm. <laughs> like um but i didn't ever really experience it like i i had a really good time but everything was in the parameters of the rules mm-hmm. um yeah um we just were able to have fun with just like everything yeah. uh all the lessons everything was just fun um yeah, but as far as I know, there's like this really crazy story about these four dudes in Orlando who like just stayed in Orlando after they were like transferred and stuff. They stayed and they like followed this musician slash maybe wizard person, <laughs> which sounds very Orlando. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you're familiar <laughs> Um <laughs> Florida's a weird, yeah. weird place. <laughs> but I don't know. I didn't ever experience that. Like everyone that I was with, uh, they were either like having a good time, joking around, but still like earnest about trying to convert people, I guess. Um, or they were just kind of like enduring through it just kind of like keeping their head down yeah just like being a workhorse which was like i think one of our mission president's favorite analogies as we were like clydesdales or something (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 it was funny yeah (laughs) but like how do you not have fun with that right like we're supposed to be clydesdales like i don't know (laughs) Just riding on your bike with a little feeding bag over your ears. Exactly. Just loving some oats from the work. Done. Yeah, um, it was it was a good time. Was that but, yeah. uh, was that English speaking or? Yeah, English speaking. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know the mission legends just are so interesting to me <laughs> as far as that, like the the truth. It's because there's some truth in a lot of those things for sure. Yeah. Um, but some of them are just like so far fetched. Like I remember when I first came out, I went to Ghana with Dayton, and um, I was hearing stories like the mission was shut down for a couple of years because like <laughs> a group of zone leaders and stuff basically started operating like a prostitution ring <laughs> with their phones and stuff, and then like they got found out and. You know, they had to evacuate all the missionaries and just start from scratch. And you're like, okay, that's kind of wild. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hopefully that didn't happen, but you never know. But then you hear just legends <laughs> like that from all of these missions everywhere. So you're like, what is, what is the truth, you know? <laughs> but um, since coming home and, and going through that whole process, like, um, have you run into any sort of like lingering difficulties in like new relationships that you've um, pursued um like romantic relationships or just any relationship romantic but even yeah even uh, platonic yeah i mean it's always kind of hard when you're like in utah and like so i'm i'd say i'm fully transitioned out of 
Mormonism. Um, and that's, that's always kind of weird, especially when you're trying to date people here. Cause uh-huh. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to find people that <laughs> are not Mormon, especially yeah. if you're in Logan, uh-huh. Utah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Like, uh, it's really strengthened a lot of platonic relationships for sure. Um, I have a very good friend who, um, I lived with for a little bit who, um, we were both active. We both went to Orlando uh-huh. on our missions. Um, but I was watching him go through a very dark, depressing, just it was so painful to watch, but, um, he was going through this, uh, you know, transformation of kind of faith crisis. And he was dealing with it because he was gay and couldn't, you know, like live his life how he wanted to and felt super guilty about it. Um, and I think that like my transition out of the church along with his, I mean, that's brought us together, um, more than anything else. So I guess that's kind of the, the point of the podcast as well i mean yeah, absolutely you know like yeah finding some solidarity mm. with other people with similar experiences um yeah and i guess uh, not to like be too intrusive or anything you know um i guess i brought up the relationship thing because i found some similarities in myself from what you were talking about as far uh-huh. as like feeling kind of self-absorbed or like possessive I think might have been a term possessive. that you used yes that's uh, what because <laughs> it got me thinking I was like you know a major reason because I was when I first came home I was like I, I think I'm meant to be here in Florida and like build up the stakes of Zion here just because the mm-hmm. church presence isn't as strong and they mm-hmm. need really faithful priesthood holders to really build the kingdom here and then I met a girl who mm-hmm. was going on her mission, and then she was going to go to USU in Logan. Cool. And we just were really hitting it off, and, like, I wanted to, like, tell her to, like, not go on the mission, but I was like, you know, you're going to be able to learn a lot. Maybe it's good that you go. Um, and that was, and I'm realizing that was a major factor in me going out to Utah because I really convinced myself, like, oh, God, put us together. We met here. Maybe what I'm really supposed to do is go out to Utah so I can be closer to where she will be and then we can get married and we'll have all the children <laughs> that we're gonna have and yada 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 and then that did not work out obviously um but then I found a lot of other relationships that I jumped into I jumped into them very quickly and I mm-hmm. jumped into them almost too eagerly mm-hmm. as far as the expectations of where they would go because you know back home all the things that I was hearing was like oh I met my wife, we dated for 20 days, we got married. <laughs> and we've been married 40 years. You know, I knew her my second date. I was like, yep, let's get married. And you just, all the wards are populated with those kind of stories. And so right. all of my expectations, you know, we're both young guys. You know, we didn't have a lot of experience. All my expectations were like, that's how romantic relationships are supposed to go. Like, that's right. the pattern. You really get into them quickly and you don't waste time. You know, because it's all going to work together. Um, And then since, you know, transitioning to like, you know, my post-Mormon life, you know, I've gotten way more of a a centered approach to relationships, way more grounded. 
I am more understanding of, you know, what is this, what is this woman feeling? You know what I mean? It's not all just like, yeah, I know I want to go and do all these things, but where, where are they at? You know, I'm actually finally getting that, that new perspective. And so I'm just kind of curious, like, if that's just a, if that's just really common throughout the church, like if a lot of young men, you know, kind of have that, that perspective. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I would say yes. Um, I mean, and I think it goes, uh, both ways with like young men being like, okay, like, like I'm going to lead this relationship. You need to be here with me. And then like young women being taught, like I need to be submissive. Mm -hmm. I need to like form myself into, you know, the image that my future husband is going to want. Um, yeah. And I, yeah. So I feel like it goes both ways and I, I definitely relate to, yeah. What you said, like it's pretty, uh, unhealthy (laughs) (laughs) and like, and, and that's kind of like, and it's not like the church is like outwardly like saying this often, uh, but like just the whole cosmology of it mm-hmm. just like just puts men in a dominant position. Yeah. And yeah. And I feel like that definitely seeped through, even though like I had really awesome examples of like really caring, soft, like understanding, empathetic men who were Mormon in my life. I, I don't know. I don't know why, but like it seems like I don't know. They probably just learned that over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, I think that's kind of leading um, to what I wanted to really get into as well. Because um, you, you posed two questions that were very interesting to me. Um, and the first was, what does it mean to be human? Mm. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a very interesting discussion. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess since you've been kind of meditating on that, um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so... Um... When I left the church, and it's been a while, it's been a long time, um, like uh, a big thing that I, like kind of what I mentioned before is like I, I realized that like my actual knowledge of what happens when I die is zero. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of like snowballed into me asking these questions of like, what does it actually mean to be a human? And part of being a human is realizing that you don't know a whole lot i think um yeah realizing that like all of your hopes dreams and you know goals could just like crumble um so i i kind of like i i kind of asked myself that um like what what does it mean to be a human who doesn't know a lot um and i i started reading i was like a philosophy student for a long time. Mm. So I was really into like Kierkegaard and uh, Nietzsche, like existentialists, mm-hmm. um, of course, uh, because I'm a white male. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but like, um, but they asked themselves that, like, what does it mean to be a, an authentic human being? Um, and Kierkegaard, who was like very influential to me, thought that like, um, basically like Christianity had, all these like stamped out answers of what it meant. It meant that like you were God's child, whatever. Um, but like I said, like I started realizing that I didn't, I didn't really know this stuff. Like my knowledge was so, I started being really, um, 
confident in how much I didn't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, I don't think there's really an answer to like, what does it mean to be human other than like messy and like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like kind of figuring things out constantly. It's like always in a state of flux. Um, and that's something else that I kind of discovered is when I sort of went away from Mormonism, I started realizing that like, I am like kind of like a changing thing. Like I'm not like a constant, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't really feel like I have like a constant core or like something that like doesn't really change. I feel like I'm always just like in a state of changing. Um, so I would say, I don't know, that was like very antithetical to what I learned in church. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like I didn't know if I would be the same person in five years, I don't think you should be. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, um, yeah. So like, I don't know, like that question, what does it mean to be human? That was first posed by people like these authors that I was reading really drove me out of, out of the church, mm-hmm. um, in a lot of different ways. Um, yeah, I don't know. That was a lot of garble. <laughs> no, I, I feel you because, um, when I was just leaving, you know, and experimenting with like, you know, okay, I'm not going to pray tonight. And what's like, what's going to happen tomorrow? How am I going to feel? You know, I'm not going to read the scriptures. Where's that going to lead me? Is it going to change who I am fundamentally for the worse, you know, for the better, you know, so I'm going through all these experimentations and just kind of looking for a place or, you know, where I wanted to be. I definitely came across some kind of similar works that kind of spoke to me Mm. um like i got into like absurdism sure that kind of like you know (laughs) i was like just really feeling like maybe yeah maybe there just is no point to any of this and Mm -hmm. it's just you know i gotta figure out what brings me joy in you know the best way possible um so i think i mean that's a trajectory a a lot of people can relate to is Mm. going down the the philosophy, the philosophical trail to kind, yeah. of, to kind of find some sort of, uh, I guess, appeasement could be the word, you know, just because your, your mind is just, just racing, just trying to come to grips with this just radical shift. Um, so I'll have to look into, I can't pronounce their names other than uh, <laughs> Nietzsche, I guess, but I'll have yeah. to kind of dive I mean, back in there and see. I would read a little bit. You can go way too far down, yeah. that, down that road, though. I mean, I guess it's always uh, a middle path that I'm trying to choose. Mm-hmm. You know, like, man, I know some people that are really into Nietzsche, and it's not. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. not fun to hang around. Yeah, yeah. No, no fun at parties. Most of the time. Mm. Yeah. yeah, unless like late night diner talks or something. Right. Could be. Yeah. yeah, that's where they really yeah. come in handy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I guess, where do you find yourself now? Like in your journey, are you still pursuing some sort of um, re- religious affiliation or? Um, yeah. So like, yeah. In tandem with that, what does it mean to be human? I also ask, what does it mean to be religious? Um, and like, given, like the thing about the thing that really led me to leave the church was. Like, I started thinking that, like, these people, like, not these people, I shouldn't say that, that's bad. Mormons, 
Mormon theology, it just seems like it's not religion mm-hmm. um, in my sense of the word. It kind of seems more like a social club that really feels good, mm-hmm. really rewards things that should feel good. Mm-hmm. It rewards having a family. Like, yeah, of course that feels good. Um, but, but to me, I started thinking that like maybe God, if he has like all encompassing, shouldn't he also like also be really terrible and like scary, mm-hmm. <laughs> like at the same time of being, I, I wanted a, a God that was, uh, kind of like a mix between the God of the old Testament and the new Testament, just something that was undefinable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that I've kind of like stayed on that path or I've, I've sort of like stuck with that of like having a God that is completely, <laughs> uh, indefinable or you can't put it in a box. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, um, Mormon theology does that really well. It's like, uh, he's a loving father who wants the best for you and gets sad when you do bad things. Um, I wanted a God that was, you know, like didn't care about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. like, why would God care about me? I'm so tiny. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Um, but like, yeah, so I'd, I've stayed on that kind of like, vain although i i seem to be growing more and more into a um i'd say secularist or atheist um for sure but i also find so much beauty in just the working world um and yeah and um i guess pantheist would be the description (laughs) kind of like the god of god of einstein is the same god as me just like no personal god just like the workings of the universe is mm-hmm. what i like the most <laughs> yeah, absolutely. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but but yeah yeah and so has that kind of been a tether to you like to staying in utah just because of the beautiful ecosystems there and in the um, sites or do you think you'll you know you'll move elsewhere eventually i don't know um i i do have uh a connection here for sure mm-hmm. to just the yeah and it's so easy to get outside all the time um and there's a lot of people that grow food here mm-hmm. um especially when i was in logan i yeah. loved that like just people that were like had their feet in the soil mm-hmm. <laughs> like literally i liked that a lot um and so i i do have a connection here but i don't think that's i don't think there's any reason that i'm staying and mm-hmm. there's not really a reason i'm I'm not going either. Um, so yeah, I might move. I'm not sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely would be somewhere similar though. Yeah. Definitely would be somewhere where not a city, <laughs> not, mm-hmm. not a place where I couldn't, you know, have a garden. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kind of curious. Like, do you think it's, do you think it's easier for someone who kind of grew up in Utah was raised there? you think it's easier to remain there after kind of transitioning out of the church? Oh man. Uh, I mean, one of the things that I hate about just like the, the community here is it's two polar opposites. Like mm-hmm. you have the ex Mormons who are super bitter where the church basically still real rules like their lives and their minds. They it just in a negative way. And then there's like active people. Um, 
I think that it's really easy to find like connection in either one. So it might be easier for people who leave to mm-hmm. like move to Salt Lake City, find people who know what they came from, and then they can just gripe for the rest of their lives yeah. <laughs> which is fine like i think sometimes i i ask myself like are we like me and my partner have been talking about this a lot actually is like are we too soft on like are we too forgiving on like religion and in general like are we too yeah like mm-hmm. do we tiptoe around it too much yeah i don't know because certainly, like, a lot of people don't tiptoe around me when it comes to yeah. Mormonism. Like, yeah, sure, I'll care about how I'm living in apostasy. Mm. <laughs> like, 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 oh, maybe we should talk about how you're living in delusion. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah I, don't, I don't know. But, yeah, obviously you don't want to be a dick. Mm. But it's hard. Like, I don't know. I... I don't know if it's easier or not. Is the yeah. question like just, I, I, I do know a lot of people who grew up here who needed to get out, mm-hmm. who just like absolutely could not stand it, and it seems like their moves have been really productive. Mm-hmm. Like they don't think about the church anymore. Um, I have a friend who lives in Colorado Springs, and it's like she's she hasn't thought about the church since she left, and mm-hmm. it's been really awesome. Um, whereas like me and my partner here are faced with it all the time, exactly. and are like, why, like. You know, <laughs> nah, but like, I don't know. It's not, it's what you make it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, f- I feel like now that I've, I'm further along, kind of like in the healing process, like I don't really feel that, that bitterness kind of that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and the thought has crossed my mind, like, you know, would, is Utah a place that I would want to go back to just because, you know, I do, I, I love all the, the parks and all of yeah. those things, you know, like, and I did, I did enjoy the the four years there, but I, looking back, I just realized like, I was so angry and so jaded and it just mm-hmm. clouded all of my movements and, you know, just everything that I wanted to do while I was there that I felt like it was kind of wasted mm-hmm. and, you know, would a second chance, you know, be something that I would be interested in. I kind of, I, I wrestle with that a lot. Um, cause I don't know, I don't think Ohio is going to be my, my, <laughs> my final stop. You know what I mean? Like when I was telling oh, people man. I was moving out here, it's like, what, what, why? Why? Why, <laughs> man? Like, why, why would you do that? Don't do it. You want to get really into opioids or something? Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, I'm starting a side business you know, of trafficking. Um, but I do, you know, I do realize that I needed that. I did need that separation and even just a year, year and a half has really kind of changed my whole perception on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- yeah. I think it's easier to calm down about it when it's not in your face Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm always just kind of curious, like, you know, people such as yourself, like how, how are you, um, managing it? And if, uh, if it's just something that, Oh, well, you know, this is why I know this. I know this landscape very well. And so that that's what makes it easier. Whereas mm-hmm. an outsider, they know where they came from. And so, you know, it's, it kind of seems more conducive just to, just to separate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it might be easier. Um, but, you know, I also 
man, something that I really don't like about leaving the church is just what it's had, like its effects on my family relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to, it would be way easier just to separate, you know, and be like, whatever. But yeah, like the people who raised me in Mormonism, like I still, still want to be around them, you know, mm-hmm. which is a bummer. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it'd be great if I could just be like, yep, see y'all later. <laughs> um, which I have done in the past. There's been like, you know, long periods of time where I'm like, I don't want to talk to you guys mm. um, or whatever. Um, but now I feel like it's important um, to me. Uh, yeah, so I just deal with it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the interesting thing, like, not at one point in any of these conversations has, like, someone's motivation been, I just wanted to have sex. I just, I just wanted to drink and party and do all of these things. That's why I left, guys. Is this easier? Like, you should find someone that has that reason. Yeah. I would like to hear from them a lot. Or the classic one is like they got offended by someone in mm-hmm. the ward. I want to hear that one yeah. too. So, so if, you guys, if you guys are out there, please reach out. But um, I, thus far, it's always been like, man, like my... I just had like an existential crisis. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's never as shallow as the church makes it seem. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, these people wanted to leave because they're, they like butt stuff. I don't know. Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, but your family overall is pretty like just kind of respectful or do they pry? Um, they don't pry. They, I think they do a little bit of tiptoeing around me because they're afraid of like offending me. Mm -hmm which is kind of misplaced. Although, you know, there have been conversations where I've just been like off the handle and reacted very poorly to some things that people have said. Yeah. Um, but like overall, um, they're pretty respectful. I just feel that they're sad for me though. Yeah. (laughs) You know, um, which I guess, I mean, in that mindset, uh, I guess they should be sad for me, but Mm -hmm. like, I'm not sad for me. Um, yeah, and, like, it's getting better. Like, it's been probably, like, seven years since okay. I really... The last time I went to church, I feel like, was seven years ago on my own volition mm-hmm. um, about. Um, and it's getting better. Uh, and I think that some people in my family are more understanding than others. But, yeah, of course, it's kind of been a wedge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In some ways. Definitely. So I guess that's kind of... Uh kind of in closing um like overall how do you feel like your experience outside of the church has been what you know how has life been for you ultimately it's been it's been good it's been hard um i mean like realizing that this like story that you've been told your whole life that you're gonna live after death when that turns out to be maybe an illusion or a lie that's hard to deal with Mm -hmm. (laughs) um trying to fill the hole of spiritual uh, practice is uh, kind of hard, but it's been it's been good. Like um, I feel like I've learned a lot about myself through different avenues. I uh, similar to one of your last um, guests, I, I've really found some solace in like a secular Buddhist mm-hmm. practice um, and and Taoists as well. Um, but honestly, it's it's been good with a lot of learning, yeah. a lot of hard lessons, I guess. <laughs> mm. and, yeah. 
and just kind of going back to what you said, because I really agree with that. Like, you know, we should always be evolving. You know, you shouldn't really yeah. <laughs> be the same person you were seven years ago, like with the same yeah. exact interest, you know. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to hear that. You know, I'm always glad to hear that when people are, you know, thriving outside of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. But kind of doubling back to the Buddhism thing, I have not done a lot of research myself. But one, huh? of, one, but one of the books that really kind of like opened my heart up to... I guess vulnerability and this kind of just softened me out of that like angry phase because I was pretty deep in that for like a year or something like that you know what I mean like um, but I came across um, this book by Peter Matheson called The Stow Leopard I don't know have you ever heard of it I I always recommend that Um, it's kind of he was a he was a he was a naturalist okay um, as well as like a Zen Buddhist and so it's all about um, in the seventies, he went on a trip with his friend into like the Himalayas to like study the snow leopard. Very cool. Um, and it's set up as like kind of a travelogue, I guess. It's like journal entries where he's, you know, reflecting on the environment that he's in, um, how like his life experiences kind of connect to the place he's currently in and just insights that he pulls from buddhism you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so i always recommend that if you are into that you should check snow it, you should check it out the snow leopard cool. by peter matheson it's very good um but does zach is there anything that i haven't asked that you feel impressed to, to share um i don't think so man um just like uh returning the recommendation i think the the biggest book that kind of got me into zen um are interested in it was uh zen mind beginner's mind if you've heard of that one i would highly recommend that um yeah it's a it's a good one <laughs> awesome yeah. well if uh if that's it i've really enjoyed talking with you zach this was a lot of yeah. fun it was good to meet um, you yeah absolutely and if you ever want to have a, a repeat you're more than welcome yeah we can, always, ever, we can always do a part two we could do it in person sometime that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be very awesome. All right, man. Well, I'll let you go. Like I said, I really yeah. uh, enjoyed meeting you and talking with you. And uh, I'll definitely reach out to you again. Don't be a stranger. Awesome. All right. Take it easy, brother. See ya. Bye. You've been listening to a Focal Point podcast for the Focal Point Cinema and Sound Company.